Hello, this is Tamikaze, and welcome back to Voices, and this is the second half of our episode with LaRue. So, we're now back, uh, and where we last left off is actually where part of the show that I think that LaRue really feels passionately about this topic. Uh, we last left off at, um, if you're writing and you don't have readers, or you're singing and you don't have listeners, are you still an artist? Yeah, so it's uh, this question that I've been asking myself, especially around uh, World Cup, is the to be an athlete, to play the sport itself, you don't need the audience. You just need the opponent, right? To be... Athletic does not require spectators, but to perform, I feel, does. Like, you're not acting without an audience, I feel, but you're still throwing a football without an audience. Well, part of that, I would say, is practice. Uh, you know, I think we've... We've definitely sung songs to ourselves, right? Right. And I uh, uh, think that that's, you know, practice makes perfect, and there's always a venue, right? You're working towards something and sharing. Uh, and I think that that's, that's, no matter, even if it's limited, I think that the experience of performing is great uh, because uh, it's in your memory. And sometimes... I think there's many times that we think about we want something lasting, but it's lasting in your mind, and that you need to satisfy yourself first more than anybody else. Um, if you're not happy with the content, then uh, why are you doing it? Is a, the way that I try to pursue most of my. If I'm not happy with it, you know, like I, I am, a, I can be a little bit. I don't show it. But there are, I can be critical of myself, and I will go through and be like, yeah, that needs work. And this, you know, like I still do this because I'm working at it. For example, one of the songs I'm still working at, and I got the Charlie Proof side down, Marvin Gaye, the song. I'm trying to get the other sopranos, the, the, the Megan Trainor side, like, down. And it's hard to go, like, um, guy to woman voice, like, it's not like I can't falsetto. I can falsetto, but usually the falsetto voices that I have more success with is a little bit lower register, like uh, and then go slightly higher. So like I love singing Cher, <laughs> uh, Stevie Nicks. Uh, Pink can sometimes be lower register also. Nicki Minaj. So like those, <laughs> those, those. They have a lower register that allows me to kind of work with that. But as far as like, yeah, we're all, I think we're always trying to please ourselves. Yeah, and that's actually when I was looking up psychological benefits for singing in general. Uh, one of them is the sense of improvement that can be had because it is also a craft. And, you know, how do you... How do you make omelets in Carnegie Hall? You practice breaking eggs, yeah. right? You know, so 
And I feel like it's really funny because the creator, uh, inventor of karaoke, like what we consider like the karaoke box, he won, uh, I have it written down here, uh, he won an Ig Nobel Award in uh, 2004 for inventing karaoke and also for an in- for inventing an entirely new way for people to learn to tolerate each other. (laughs) (laughs) And while that is true, I don't think that it's entirely fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, objectively that's true. But I think you're overlooking some important aspects of it because feel your goddamn song, you know? Take your three minutes, belt it out. Sometimes you need to sing about shit. So and maybe sometimes it can feel like you're holding an audience captive. Because they're hostages, not because you've enraptured them. (laughs) There's a difference between encaptivating and holding captive. (laughs) It's subtle. It's interesting. But it's there. Um, But sometimes you just need someone else to hear your weird song. And that's fine. Take your moment. And I feel like karaoke is a type of place to attract people who are like, just like, girl, I get it. Yeah. Sing your weird song. Feel your damn truth. Yes. That's awesome. So uh, back to creative content. So knowing LaRue, um, uh, you do a lot of writing. And I know that uh, you're very passionate about writing also, which is a form of creative content that... Um, as a scientist, I, I uh, am going to try to explore a little bit more of, but I definitely, my day job does not require me to creatively write anything. <laughs> In fact, it, it requires me not to creatively write. Right. So most people... In their day-to-day life, the most sophisticated writing they have to do is a text message, probably to an acquaintance, at least, if not friend or family, or um, a casual work email. Yeah. Like, it, it, most people's writing, it's, like, that's the content that they're producing at the sophisticated level. Some people can craft really great Facebook statuses or Tumblr posts or whatnot. But most people in the day-to-day, yeah. let's say you're not actively trying to write shit. Yeah. That's about as far as it goes. And if that's all the practice you're having, you're not necessarily going to be able to write a very good email, an outside-facing email. Sure. Or outside-facing content. Yeah. So I feel like Everyone can write. Not necessarily everyone can write well for the various mediums. Okay. Like, you can be a great poet, but not know how to put together a newsletter. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm going a little wide with this. <laughs> but no, so, there, so there's writing just to convey, con- like, ideas yeah. in just, like, a newsletter, as I was saying. 
And just doing that, there's skill there. There's craftsmanship there. Are you inventing new worlds and universes? No. But you are establishing and adhering to uh, an internal logic. And it's for this audience. And maybe not everyone can do that either. So it's just like this very... But you can learn all that. You can learn to be a technical writer. You can learn to be a creative writer. So long as you are literate, you can only improve. But it takes practice. It does. It takes dedication. Yes, everyone can run. But you're not going to be Usain Bolt if you only run every other month. Like, that takes practice and dedication. And that's one of the, um, you know, because I've been writing professionally in a professional setting. Not creative writing, but professional writing um, for the past seven years and I read the stuff that I wrote seven years ago versus the stuff I wrote this year oh, oh my god because it's still the same kind of content yeah. I'm still generating reports I'm still generating proposals but I'm like holy crap this is just so this is so much better and you know, when you're in the grind of it, when it's all incremental process, you lose track on the fact that you are improving. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to go, you, you do kind of have to take a wide view yeah. of it from time to time and be like, oh, no, I am improving. Because otherwise that incremental progress or when you hit a plateau, it, it's easy to get lost there. It's easy to feel discouraged, and, but you have to keep maintaining a certain level. At least stay at the plateau. Yeah. If it's something you care about, like at least try to stay as sharp as you were because it's easy, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that you have made progress. Maybe you're not all the way where you want to go, but it's like don't be, don't be so discouraged at how far you still have to go that you are ignoring what an accomplishment it was to even get here. And maybe you don't make it to the top of the mountain. And that's fine. Don't let that diminish the fact that you still got way further up it than most people. Like, keep at it. And just so long as it's fun, you know? As you bring up a very good point, because most of the time I actually don't reflect back on a lot of my, my writing at all for work. Uh, but I probably should because, um, you know, and... Uh, the, you were asking how how I tr- how I um, have a very happy outward appearance because I do try to remember to be grateful for all the things that that I have and that you know without the hard things you can't without the struggle and perseverance you can't get to a place without the adventure basically and uh, yeah I should probably go back and read some of the stuff that I wrote just just to have a put things into context that oh you know like and uh, I'm usually pretty happy with things I wrote in the past but I probably should go way back because when I was an undergrad I definitely would have never thought that I'd you know be this far along um uh, where I'd write as much like uh write and produce write for scientific publication kind of purposes yeah because any not a lot of people can write well, and it is, yeah, a skill that needs to be practiced. But um, 
It's interesting that you're bringing that up because, like, when I first met you, however long ago it was, <laughs> two, three years? Two years. I've seen you sing a lot of songs <laughs> in that two years. <laughs> it seems like, like I've seen you sing so much more. It's like karaoke. No, this is also like karaoke just sort of ages you in dog years. Because <laughs> I was just like, Tom and I have been friends for six years. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're right it's two years yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i i have seen maybe you sing over two maybe closing yeah. on three <laughs> that actually does sound right i do yeah. think it's uh yeah. closer to three than two yeah. um again karaoke just ages you and dog years <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way because I have friends that I have literally known over half of my life. We have been, I'm 30. We have been friends since we were 14. And I have seen you sing <laughs> way more <laughs> than these people that I've literally known most of my life. <laughs> and so I do feel like weirdly bonded. That's kind of what I mean in dog years. But in those dog years, there is a difference you are a much better singer oh all right. now than you were then like like there is decided improvement <laughs> thanks but i know that you've been working at it and that's yeah. kind of what i'm saying like you work at these things and they're like yes maybe it's not like i start here and then i get to like the upper echelons but it's like no there there is improvement you know, maybe I'm not all the way at the top of Everest, but, like, I've at least made it to base camp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just, yeah. So Susie is actually the person that actually has influenced me quite a bit because I am definitely thinking about uh, participating in the National Writing Month. And I had never heard of this until um, Susie showed me, like, uh, all the the writing and also posting about writing for National Writing Month, and uh, Susie does creative writing for that, which is awesome. Yes. So while I am a professional writer, I'm like a kept writer. So, um, but I'm always thinking, and I, I always have like a couple things in production, as it were. <laughs> uh, but the pilots never quite launch. <laughs> but it's, well, you know, it, it's it's fine because I, you know, I get some of that outlet out with my day job. Because I'm a writer for my day job, so yeah. it's yeah, it's it's whatever. I do it because I enjoy it. I'm not trying to be J.K. Rowling. Um, but NaNoWriMo is just so great for me because I'm I'm not very disciplined about my passion, my hobby, creative writing. Um, but NaNoWriMo, it's just because it's the goal and because it's so specific. And what happens to me is I always have a couple things in production because I have this terrible habit that I've recognized and that I've been trying to correct for the past decade. And it just, it hasn't worked, damn it. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit better, but still it hasn't worked. But this is why NaNoWriMo is such an important exercise for me because it just forces you to puke. Don't get precious with it. Yeah. If you get precious with it, you're not going to... I'm rereading a manuscript from NaNoWriMo I did four years ago, actually. Okay. And... There are some sentences where I'm like underlining. I'm like, yes. And then there's just like pages where I'm like, ah. But doing that, getting that out 
and then reading it back, you're just like, these are the ideas. This is, these are my actual themes. There's what I thought my story was about, but then I just like puke out my story and then it's just like, oh, what is this actually about? Yeah. And that's how you discover it. Um, and the nice thing about NaNoWriMo is even if you don't make it to the 50K, the practice of writing every day. Like if you can make it through the first week of NaNoWriMo, you're in a really good spot. Because you've now have trained your brain to think about things from a certain stance, from the viewpoint of your story. You're, you're keen into different parts mm. of, of your brain. It's just like such a great mental exercise. And I feel like singing is a lot the same way. Am I going to be Adele? No. But I can sing this song way better. <laughs> a couple years down the road than I could when I first started out. And there is, there is a sense of accomplishment in that. Like, again, I've been, I've been fiddling with, like, this big fuck-off story for the past four years. I think I finally have a rough yeah. draft. Awesome. Maybe. Okay. I have, like, the skeleton of a rough draft. Okay. I have a Frankenstein's monster. There's still a couple yeah. iterations before we get to Westworld okay. quality. <laughs> but... But there's improvement. Yeah. And that's, that's what's gratifying. Yeah. Maybe it's never going to get up to Westworld quality. But there is improvement. And sometimes, if I can just forget that I wrote it, I almost like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I could just ignore the fact that I wrote this, I'd be like, that bitch's clever. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think um, there's a perfectionist within you that that's uh I know someone picking up on a motif (laughs) (laughs) it's a there's a perfectionist and obviously you like uh and but you get so much joy out of writing it like and like uh and uh, creating the characters and like writing the story arc you because it's uh you're not writing a uh choose your own adventure you they go down courses of paths and you kind of have to, like, you're, you want it to be perfect at the end of the day. Uh, I don't know about perfect, but it's just the, um, there's a Dorothy Parker quote that's like, I hate writing, but I love having written. And that's true. Wow. Writing is like running. It is hard and stupid. <laughs> it is. Like, when you're doing it, just like, why don't I just walk? Why don't I just think? Well, like, this is dumb. Let me call an Uber. Why? Why are we doing this? This is, this is so dumb. This is, uh, I don't like it. This is hard. Like, for me, maybe other people have, like, blissful experiences with running and whatnot. And with writing, too. So, but with both of them, when I get three miles in, when I'm past that first page, that runner's high, it's real. Wow, okay. But getting to three miles, getting past that first page, that's a lot. (laughs) Because it is so hard and stupid. And that's why NaNoWriMo is great because it's like training. It's a marathon. Like you get into the flow of it. And like you can tell in my manuscript that I'm reading where I stopped. Okay. Because it is like the flow has been interrupted. And it's not a natural end of things it's just like a I 
had to go somewhere else, but the scene's not over. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like picked up mid-stride. So could you explain a little bit more about NaNoWriMo, like uh, as in, so we write, we have a set number of words that we're going to write, right? And is there like, do you post on, like a, is there a forum? What What is the context of how, how we're tracking this? So NaNoWriMo, um, or NaNoWriMo, as I called it forever. It doesn't matter. I don't think it just stands for it just stands for National Writing Month. And the goal is that in the month of November, you write fifty thousand words, which translates to about a little less than seventeen hundred words a day, or about ten pages. So because of that. Inherently, you can't get precious with it. You can't like be holding on and be tinkering with every single thing because guess what? Real life gets in the way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so with NaNoWriMo, it's been going on for a very long time. The first time I did NaNoWriMo was in 2006 and I had made three previous attempts okay. before the first time I accomplished it. Okay. And then I accomplished it in 2006 Yes, it was my freshman year of college, 2006. Yeah. I'm old or young, very young. <laughs> bright, bright, shiny penny. Um, <laughs> it was my freshman year of college, 2006, and I did it, and I was just like, maybe never again. I'll stick to poetry. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> But then I had been tinkering with this idea, this idea that I'm still tinkering with, and then I did it with another friend, and I was like, this was fun. I miss this, and it was good to have a goal, and it was good to write, and so I did it with, like, a, a, an IRL friend, but NaNoWriMo also has message boards, yeah. et cetera, um, and I post about it because, um, I, like, NaNoWriMo just makes you crazy. It does. <laughs> it's it's a huge it's a huge feat to do it and to do it in the spirit of it some people have been like outlining all year long and so they puke it and what I try to do is I just try to like puke it all from scratch and then I spend the next year um refining it in the editing process and then once I tried to do a second draft version but then it became book three and I hadn't even finished book one. The okay. only reason why I'm working on book two is because I need to figure out what happened in book one and three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still haven't figured it out. I think they're all going to be smushed together into the same book. But this is why writing is hard and stupid. It's yeah. just compressing and compressing and compressing and compressing. And it's like, oh, what's your actual idea? Perfect. And if there's one way that I could just make it a sentence, <laughs> yeah. I do that. <laughs> because who's got the time (laughs) yeah sorry I didn't know if you had a point because I can keep talking (laughs) oh trust me this bird loves to chirp (laughs) so yeah yeah no I'm I I remember why you wanted me to go on that long tangent Um, but yeah I encourage anyone to do it because I, because of personal reasons and whatnot, I failed NaNoWriMo last year. And I had done it three, four years in a row up until that point. And I was trying throughout it. And I just, I like had to call it 
like a couple hours out. Um, and I was really upset that I had to, but I did. And, but I still think I won last year because I made the effort, because I tried, because I started on, on papers that year, creatively speaking. Um, lots of questioning about, do I want to do this? Am I even good at it? Blah, 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 blah. And then like other life stuff happened. But I still, even though I lost, I considered it a victory because I tried. Yes, I had to walk a couple laps. But I still got like 40K plus words. I, I forget my official word count. It was either like, no, I think it was like, doesn't matter. It was some ridiculous number where I thought that I could just like puke out 40 pages at the end. So it was at least 40K. I got 40K. And that was all new stuff. And it was hard, 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 hard to get there. And yeah, I didn't get to 50K, but like getting to 40K was no joke. <laughs> and, and it just got easier. And it had, it really, 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 and just like forcing myself to do it every day and be dedicated to it, it just really helped shake some of that rust off. And that, I mean, that's what it does. This is why people train for races. This is why people do NaNoWriMo. Uh, and this is why people do competitive karaoke leagues. There's something to be said to beating your best time. Yeah. Or, you know, just getting into the swing of things or getting back into the swing of things. Because who knows? Like, yeah, maybe you don't. Run. I didn't. My first half marathon, I didn't run all the way through. I had to walk up a hill. I trained for it and everything, but I had to walk up a hill. So what? My second one, my goal was I had a worse time on my second one, but I ran all the way through it. Yeah. So I consider my second one like at a higher ranking yeah. in that in personal achievement. And I guess that's like you gotta find your own judgment system and value system because you know I started NaNoWriMo last year depleted. Yeah. And I ended it rejuvenated because writing rejuvenates me. Writing, editing, all of that, it literally gives me life. <laughs> I am so much happier after having written, even if it's just a page in my diary. Yeah. Even if it's just that, it's just like it's, it, it's like drinking water. Not necessarily when you're thirsty, but it's like drinking water and then realizing you're thirsty. That's what it's like. That's what writing is like. I write and it's just like after that first sentence, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking thirsty. <laughs> let me let me spit out two pages. <laughs> but getting into that first sentence is hard and NaNoWriMo just forces you to do that first sentence every day. So uh, you were saying that people come with outlines and everything. So what? Uh, do you, what do you find works for you as far, as far as getting you into a creative zone? Do you have to sit in front of a, like a lot of whole, a lot of time, like just set the time aside and sit in front of a computer or do you go for a walk to uh, get creative juices flowing or um, uh, do you have like a, a notebook of, of, uh, of sentences to start off a writing piece? So I definitely have a notebook of sentences and um, writing, I compare writing and running a lot because there is definitely a correlation between the two. I like when I'm running more, I'm writing more. Uh, 
and you can just like really tell. So I don't know if it's just like the endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> and also maybe happy people want to write. <laughs> I don't know. But. Uh, they're both workouts is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I forgot the original question. Oh, um, so it quite distracted uh, me. How do you find your creative outlet? Like uh, for writing, creative. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Having a notebook where I can just publish sentences helps, where I can just make notes to myself and then I can revisit them. Keeping a diary helps, and then you can just kind of, like, sit down and and tap it out. Um, so I do a lot of my... All of my initial drafts are freehand. Okay. And oh, so you don't do it on a computer? Uh, when it's at the computer, it's okay. the first draft. Okay. None of my rough drafts are on the computer. Okay, I see. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Because right. the, these are the scribbled sentences and ideas yeah. that I, I then staple together. Um, and then I try to, like, write out the outline. And then... So some people, um, their NaNoWriMo is actually their first draft, right? Whereas for me, NaNoWriMo is always a rough draft. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, now that I, now that I've explained my evaluation yeah, system, no. but yeah, it, it's just really something that you have to you you kind of have to treat it like a chore, sure. a little bit. You have to be like, I'm gonna write today. I, maybe it's not like a deep clean, but I am wiping down the kitchen today. It doesn't have to be a whole chapter, but I am getting this scene outlined today. I am, you know, I'm fine-tuning this dialogue. And a lot of it is editing, too. But that's, I guess that's, like, the catch-all. Because sometimes it's good to edit yeah. something. and But it, it, you, you can't be editing and writing at the same time. But sometimes it's just, like, I'm stuck on this scene. I'm stuck on this plot. Let me go back and edit this other thing. Yeah. And you can take a bit of a break. But I know there are, there are a lot of schools of thoughts on that. And I'm just like, whatever fucking works for you. <laughs> okay. Just tell your weird story yeah. <laughs> and then read it and then tell it again yeah. and make it better. <laughs> but the main thing is just, you know, tell your weird story. Yeah. Sing your weird song. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter if no one likes it. Doesn't matter if you have to like fight tooth and nail to get a dead Kennedy song in the songbook. <laughs> Just sing your weird song, make your weird art, like, because you're just, you're just gonna be happier. Or, you know, take up running. Take up running. No shame in that. No, no shame. No. There is no shame in running. We are not a runner shaming podcast, or yeah. Tom's not. This isn't my oh. podcast. I'm a guest here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I... I love running, but it's I can't do the running that I used to be able to do. Like my my joints are not well, going to cooperate. Doing it in a disciplined way. Yeah, I'm not disciplined. If you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. This is what I'm talking about with Nana Remo. It's doing it in a disciplined way. That's when you reap the benefits. Like, yes, you can get an immediate jolt. Like, say, I don't know, you're out with your dog and you're playing frisbee and you have to like run real long for it, and you're just like, ooh, this feels good. Like, this feels good, but you can only run for, like, 
a minute and a half because that's not what you usually do. Um, yeah, and that's what writing is. And sometimes, like, okay, just be happy with that paragraph. Yeah. That's at least three lines longer than what you had yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah. And I just feel, and this is what's nice about karaoke, like there, there's, there's so much nuance and layers is what you're saying and making a performance. It's song selection, it's um, crowd engagement, mm -hmm. it's blah, 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 like three or four other things. And, and like, it, it's such a nuanced, nuanced thing that you can't really compare yourself. You can only compare yourself to you and how you do it. And I feel like that's a useful attitude. Yeah. In general. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the, the, the section on the writing uh, part of this, because I think that this is, uh, for me, writing is not easy at all. Uh, but I have to do it for my job for like mm -hmm. technical purposes and uh, but I get the more you do it. and yeah it gets easier the more I do it and uh, the funny thing is <clears throat> I'll write something when I need it and people are like are surprised wow this is exactly what we need and it's like yeah I probably should do this more but <laughs> it's also you know like, well that's <laughs> Sorry, you bring that up, and that's the only reason why I am quantifiably a good writer. Yeah. It's because I had a natural knack for it, yeah. and it was identified. Yeah, they're just like, I just like, you you wrote this, and I was like, I wasn't even trying or nothing. Like, it's not like it's bad because I was like, <laughs> yeah. like it's not bad because I wasn't even trying. I was just trying to do the assignment. Like. It's like, oh, no, 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 it's actually written well. And I was just like, what, really? It's just like, yeah, no, this is actually, like, written well. You should continue doing this. And, you know, and people responding to that, so I just continued that. I maybe, I maybe would be, like, the next Usain Bolt if someone didn't tell me that I was funny and could write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they had kept that information to themselves. Yeah. yeah, the only thing with the technical writing is that I find it easier also if I plan my experiments well and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's, so I'm more methodical in that sense. <laughs> yeah, so there's this adage that I heard somewhere along, my, along in my travels where it's just like writing is like 60% editing, 30% research, 10% actual writing. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. And I, I feel like it's like ninety five percent editing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's okay, this is just me. Per and also, I'm I'm a much stronger editor than I am a writer. Okay. I'm a very strong writer, but I'm like, girl. So on an ending note, um, Larue. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any sage wisdom. I'm not the fucking Dalai Lama. I'm not RuPaul. Like, I can't tell you how to live your life. But all I can, but I can encourage you, just do your thing. Make your art. Sing your song. It doesn't matter if it's bad. It doesn't matter if, uh, honestly, it doesn't. So long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody you know, traditional disclaimers. So long 
as in doing so, you're not being a huge fucking asshole. Do your thing. Do your weird thing. It's so worth it. Like, it is so worth it. Even if you are the only one who sees it. Or it's like you and your cat and Tom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's... It's so good. It's so good for you. And so sing your weird song, write your weird story, make your weird art, uh, run a mile weirdly. Do that too because running, writing, and singing, all very difficult and stupid. (laughs) Um, But worth it. Don't let the fact that it's hard and dumb keep you from doing it because it's still worth it. Even though it's so hard and so dumb, it is that much more worth it in the end. That's the thing, though. You got to see it to the end. Really appreciate that. But, yeah, anyway, thank you, Tom. I had a lot of fun talking about um, this modern way for us to learn to tolerate each other. (laughs) Okay, karaoke. I feel like we we branched off into some interesting avenues. And thank you very much, LaRue. And it's been... You know, like I'm, it's uh, so much fun hanging out with you, and this, uh, I love these podcasts because, uh, you know, they're fun. They're fun to do, and I hope you as the listeners had fun as well. And stay tuned in, and I'm gonna sign off. This is Tomikaze signing off.